Hey folks, just a quick message before we start. On May 25th, 2020, George Floyd was murdered by a Minneapolis police officer while three others stood by and taunted him. In the week or so since, actions, marches, and protests have reminded us that as a nation, we've repeatedly failed to address and deal with our racism on both a systemic and personal levels. So while we're listening to all our various podcasts, we also need to remember to listen to Black voices speaking out in all of their justified anger, frustration, fury, and passion. It's not an easy thing to hear about how we are complicit in their pain, but it's essential and long overdue. For those at the demonstrations, we are with you in both body and spirit. And after the protests die down a bit, we need to continue our fight against racism. Okay, hello, and welcome to another episode of All Through Lenses Dev Party. I'm Eric, and over there, yonder, is Vanya. Hello. And today we've got kind of a, we got a, a lot going on today. Yes. Uh, Vanya, what, what, what do we got going on? Well, today we're doing a little bit of a new thing. We already developed some Arista Edu 100 in HC 110, and we are going to do another development with the same sheets and the same settings, but we're going to use a different developer, which is WD2D plus Pyrometal. Um, so this is kind of a little bit of a compare contrast episode, a little bit of a science experiment for fun, kind of see what the difference is between uh, Pyro and HC and what we like better. That is about right. I am super excited because this is the first time I have ever used this developer. You've used it before, is that right? I have. So this developer was actually <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> I ordered this and it was supposed to be PMK and I accidentally ordered this. So we said, what the heck, Eric, you should get this too and let's develop together <laughs> with it. And I think later down the road, we'll probably end up doing a PMK versus WD2D episode as well. I'm sure that's in the works. Yeah. I like the idea of comparison episodes. Yeah, I do too. It makes my sciencey sections all <laughs> tingly. Okay. <laughs> so I'm looking over the instructions that I'm, yes. I'm reading now for the first time. And I found that it's always good that when you're doing a new developer to read the instructions while you're developing. So there's yeah. no surprises as you go. Well, there's that, and then also relying on me, who barely pays attention as is, to kind of steer you the right way. So we'll see how this yeah. goes. <laughs> uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about the pre-soak, and they recommend adding, what is this? A little bit of sodium carbonate. And I actually have sodium carbonate, but I didn't add it. So we're just doing a regular water pre-soak. So yes. go on. Talk to us. Okay, so WD2D was a formula that a guy named John Wimberly uh, created back in the 70s, like late 70s. He started like experimenting with developers back in like 1969 and uh, mostly just like the older forgotten developers like Pyro. People kind of, it kind of went out of style and it's quite dangerous. It was something that people didn't really use anymore, but it did gain uh, popularity back in 
like the 80s and a lot of people actually ended up developing with it. What yeah. he said was, when I first made black and white prints, I could not attain the tonal characteristics I could see in my mind. WD2D gave me the tonal characteristics I needed to best communicate what I needed to communicate. So really, this developer is supposed to do a ton of fun things to your negatives. And really, when it comes down to it, I think it's basically a proper negative for getting into the darkroom and getting the print that you want. It has high acutance, so basically gives you a sharper image. Ooh, nice catalog. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a horrible human being. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. So it adds a dye mask, which is basically a stain. And we kind of had a conversation about this last night because I was trying to kind of look into dye masks and staining. And then I fell into this like hole. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was there too. It was yeah. an incredibly deep hole that led me to Technicolor. So yeah. You've already experimented with PMK and you have noticed a little bit of a difference. Those two, like PMK and WD, there are some differences in those, and it's mostly with the stain. So the WD2D gives you more of a brownish yellow, and PMK gives you more of like a greenish yellow tint to your negatives. Yeah, and those are for printing, I would think. Yes. Similar to like filters that you might use, like a red filter or a yellow filter, and yep. when you're taking the photo, this kind of adds an extra filter. I'm doing a thousand milliliters of distilled water. They they tell you to use distilled water. Um, yes. And there are two bottles. Uh, one thing that I did, and I don't know if anybody else does this, but there is a um, solution A and a solution B. So what I do is put a piece of tape on the caps, which one goes to A and which one goes to B so they don't get mixed up because oh, that will probably not be a good choice. So. I already did that. You should probably do that because it's good. Th these are in liquid form, so no powder, but definitely wear gloves because it's pretty dangerous. I am going to be adding 20 milliliters of A and B, and Eric is going to be adding, I think, 10 mil of each, right? Yes. I'm using a Stearman tank. Oh, we're also doing sheets, both of us, which is kind of fun. Yes. Uh, it really tests your ability to get things right. One thing that is important is as soon as these are mixed, you have supposedly three minutes to get it in your tank and start developing. Okay, so you want to dump the pre-soak? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Ooh. Dumping pre-soak. Arista, it's like yeah. scope, blistering, something. Wintergreen. It is, yeah. Mouthwash. If... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Arista and Fomapan, kind of the same thing. Use the same anti-halation layer, and it is bright, bright green. All right, All right, are you ready to do this? Are you yeah, ready to pour. start the timer? And pouring in. And right. as per instructions, we will be agitating a whole hell of a lot with this stuff. Yes. Almost constant. You agitate constantly for 30 seconds. And then 15 seconds out of every 30 seconds. Yes. So you're, you're agitating half the time in 15-minute intervals. Yep. 15 on, 15 off. Now, this is basically the instructions for roll film or if you're using tanks. We are using sheet film, but we are not developing in trays. The tray right. development is a little bit different. Uh, it says constant and gentle agitation when you're developing in trays the entire time. Yeah, and they want you to do one sheet per, per tray per time. 
So this developer is kind of finicky. After mixing, you need to start using the developer in three minutes or it goes bad, which seems kind of rough. But it also suggests that you use distilled water. And not only that, let me read what they, what they say about this. These developers are particularly sensitive to seasonal and other variations in water quality. Thus, the use of steam distilled water is essential. Purchase containers of water at least four days before use to allow time for the excess oxygen to leave the water. <laughs> if tap water must be... See, okay. What a pain in the ass. So you have to buy distilled water, in which case I did, and then it makes it seem like you, you buy it and then just let it sit there, not thinking that it's already been sitting on the shelf for weeks and weeks. Yeah. So I think what they want you to do is to leave it uncovered for four days. Yeah, make sure the mosquitoes come. But then it's here, here for, for tap water. It says, if tap water must be used, filtering is recommended. Fill clean, covered containers at least four days before use to allow the excess oxygen to escape the water. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense for tap water. It makes no sense for distilled water because it's already been sitting there. This raises some bullshit alarm bells for me. Nothing's happening that's different. Your house is no different than the store. So either I'm missing something or somebody thinks that that does something extra that maybe it doesn't. And so, yeah, bullshit detector goes off a little bit. Here. They just want it to be completely distilled, okay? Just calm down. Maybe. So I did that. I mean, my container has been filled with water that has been sitting in another container for weeks. And I let it sit there for four days. Mm -hmm. Because reasons. So why use this? Yeah, why use this? There are some fun things that you can do with it. It gives uh, medium grain negatives with high accutants, which I just explained what it was, and normal to lower than normal contrast. Uh, you can adjust this. So if, if you want decreased contrast, you can add only 18 milliliters of the solution B. And if you want increased contrast, you can add 22 milliliters of solution B. So there is a little bit of play that you can do with um, the amount of chemicals or the amount of solution B that you add to your mix, which is kind of neat. And I think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I like that aspect a lot. Because yeah. some film is more contrasty and some film is a lot less contrasty. You kind of want to boost it up there. Yes, exactly. So Wimberly, he is an interesting fellow. He's one really cool thing was his method of working. So he works alone in the field. And while working with his landscapes or his petroglyphs, he's really uh, famous for those. He usually spends 10 to 14 days in the field. He uses a modified Volkswagen Vanagon Synchro, four-wheel drive, of course, nice. uh, to travel to the sites where he makes his photographs. <laughs> and during these uh, trips, he basically maintains almost total silence. That's great. And I mean, honestly, that's... It's, uh, with the exception of the total silence, very similar to what I do, I talk to myself a lot. Yeah, I mean, I like, I like music. I don't really talk too much when I'm by myself. Sometimes I talk to myself, but mostly it's just music. I mean, when I read that, I was like, yes, that sounds amazing. It's such a good, like, meditative state, really. When you're yeah. doing something that you love, you're kind of in this, like, calm state really trying to focus on like what you're trying to do and I, I like that yeah I when, when I'm I find that when especially with large format when I'm under the hood that's my meditative state um, also we have one minute left yay I'm getting so close I'm so excited 
This is very exciting. Uh, but yeah, it, it is, um, when you're out there, especially in the desert, it really, it really is such a meditative thing for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just out there, not quite desert, uh, over the past week. And just being there on a very desolate place with just yourself and the camera and your subject, you really can just, you can really get into it. And it's, it's interesting that he developed a developer based around that experience. And that's what really excited me about this. Another thing that excited me about this was that you can use an acid stop and he actually suggests an acid stop. Okay. We've got 10 seconds left. All right. So let's start pouring out. I Yay. pour out with 10 seconds to go. Ooh, so, what color goodbye. is yours? Mine is a nice, sweet tea-looking liquid. So I'm really anxious to be able to use the acid stop because I like acid stops, um, especially for recording, because you don't have to run a lot of water. And the less, the, the less water you have to run while you're recording, it really helps in the editing process, which has nothing to do with photography. But I do enjoy that. And another reason I like this developer is because you can use Ilford Rapid Fix, my go-to fixer, rather than Photographer's Formulary TF4, which you use and you can use with this. Yes, I am using it still because that's what I have mixed. So one thing that's really interesting is the original WD2D without the plus on the end tells you not to use Rapid Fix. And we discovered that the newer version says that you can. And I'm wondering what he did there. <laughs> when you look on like the message boards, and the message boards are, are a complete uh, dumpster fire most of the time. <laughs> it's, yes. And you'll see people saying like, well, I use, you know, for everything I use Ilford Rapid Fix and Acid Stop, and it doesn't matter. Other people say, oh my God, this matters so much. And I think yeah. it comes down to placebo is a lot of yeah. it. I think, and I think so. A, a lot of it. I think they're seeing things that aren't there, but I also think they're they're, they're comparing different emulsions, yes. and not really explaining that, or maybe their techniques different. And you know, with this stuff, water quality is very important. Mm-hmm. If you're using tap water when you mix a developer, it will look different than using distilled water. It'll it'll start oxidizing, and that, I'm seeing the stuff that's left in my graduated cylinder here. It's it's very very almost black at this point because of the oxidization. So this is not a beginner developer. No, I wouldn't say so. No, I mean, it's not like it's rocket science either. So. It's it's not. But there is some things to note, like chemical safety. These chemicals that are in here are very dangerous, and a lot of people can become sensitized and develop allergic symptoms and rashes. So it's always yeah. very important to wear gloves and keep your area, like the work area, very clean and make sure you're clean before and afterwards. And if you mm-hmm. do get any on you, obviously make sure that you rinse it with soap and water right away. Do not inhale it and do not drink it. <laughs> okay, if you're going to drink it, drink only a little bit of it. No, just, just enough don't to drink taste any it. at all. Don't listen to him. Fine. <laughs> well, so a lot of the old photographers would have like stained fingertips which I really actually like the look of because of using like pyrochemicals uh very dangerous not good for you but you know so while we're fixing because fixing isn't all that exciting we (laughs) asked our most recent guest David Chow a few things about how he develops his film and he's had some really interesting answers 
Uh, we're going to play that for you right now. It's about four-ish minutes long, and it's infinitely more interesting than whatever we're doing. Take it away, <laughs> Vanya and Eric from the past. I want to know how you process your film. Do you? So you have a lab that you go to and you process yourself? Yeah, so all black and white film, I do myself. So I actually, I where I'm living now, I built out a dark room. So I have a full dark room, and so I, I do all of the black and white developing. The color developing, I actually bring to a lab. And the reason why is I have tried it a few times myself before, but the consistency is not there. And that bugs me because I'm not a professional lab person, nor do I have the professional machines that ensure kind of a more consistent development. Mm-hmm. And so for art, when I'm thinking more of creatively, I'm okay with that. But when a project like this is more about documenting, I don't want inconsistencies between batches of film. And so I actually found a lab in Japan that I like a lot. And so I was oh. getting my film sent to that one specific lab so that all of the film was developed by the same lab and the same people um, the same way. For your black and white, how, how do you go about developing? What do you, what do you, what do you do? Yeah. So I mean, like, what do you use? What is your developer and, and your practice? Is there anything? Yeah. So um, for 35 and 120, um, I have the steel kind of cases and the metal reel rolls. You know, some people like the plastic ones and they find it easier to load. The For me, the metal itself, like, I like the feel, the, the cold and warmness of, like, the, the chemicals in the inside of it kind of, like, warms up the metal in different ways. I also just learn through that kind of method. And so that's kind of, I'm so familiar with it now that it's, like, second nature. Um, even though it's sometimes it's considered more tricky. For 4x5, I actually do old school tray developing. Oh. So basically you black out the whole room. So you don't even get a red warm light. You're just in complete pitch blackness. Mm-hmm. You're, in the, you're in the dark. <laughs> and you set up these little trays and you kind of go through with, the, you put the film through the different chemicals with timing mm-hmm. through each of the trays. And it's this really visceral process because you're just in the dark for about <laughs> six or so you're in the dark for like <laughs> solid 10, 12 minutes. Um, you know, you're counting film because you have multiple trays for each chemical because you mm-hmm. want to agitate it. So you're moving it between you're being careful not to scratch it. So there's techniques in how you lift it. Um, but you're also counting to not lose one or have film get stuck together. And it's this really surreal experience. You know, once you get to a point where you're not worried about messing things up, it's kind of this weird time to just kind of take a couple deep breaths and just enjoy kind of that experience and take slowing time down a little bit. So I, I love doing it myself. There's just something about it that's very tactile. Um, it's hard to beat. Nice. I like that. Uh, what developer do you use for your black and white? Do you have like a go-to or do you try all different kinds? Yeah, so for developers, I personally love HC-110. And the reason why is I tend to shoot Kodak film. And so I just started with that, and I still use it for a bunch of different films. But I tell people the reason why I like HC-110 is all the rave right now is rotinol because it makes the grain look like very sharp and refined. There's a look for that that looks really good. But I tell HC-110 lets you get the smooth gray tones. It feels like it's more blended in. And I like that because for me, the beauty of shooting with film still compared to digital is that grayscale you get and the, mm-hmm. the smoothness of transition. You still don't get that with a digital c- camera or sensor. And film is one of these the mediums that still has that effect. Um, so using something like Rotonol and making all the 
grains look like, t- you know, tiny pieces of rice on the negative is almost like defeats the purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like HD 110. I will still use Rotanol depending on the, the project or the, you know, the type of shots I was shooting, but HD 110 is kind of my go-to. Um, and I'm sticking with it no matter what people say. <laughs> no, we usually, we usually reach for the HD 110 ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's our go-to as well. It also lasts forever. I, yeah, I really had a does. bottle that was like four years old and I was like, Ooh, I wonder if I can still use it. It's all orange, you know, it looks funky. And then of course it turns out totally fine. Um, <laughs> If you wonder what's actually in the chemical itself, but <laughs> we're finished fixing. Welcome back. We are finished fixing, and we are now um, well. nope, not dumping out the fixer. Dumping the fixer back into the container. There we Please go. Please do that. Oh, I almost had to mix up a new batch of fixer and apologize to the earth. Well, I need to make a new batch of fixer, and I need to remember that, so I'm actually fixing for an extra minute, just in case. Now, does he give you any special instructions for washing? Uh, It says wash for five minutes in running water. So it's not 40 minutes or 50 minutes. That's a lot better than I've seen. Yeah. Um, We are, of course, not going to do that either. Um... I use the Ilford method because I have never had a problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. I would just continue to do that if that's the way you do it. Honestly, it saves the most water and really, we shouldn't just be running water. That's not. I also live in California and, you know, we are, even when it's not a drought, I think it's just good practice to save as much water as possible. It's just good practice. Yeah. So we both. We both decided to do this actually with FP4, and then I realized that I left my FP4 in a fridge that is far, far away from here. So we ended up doing Arista instead, and uh, it was really, it was really fun because we are both using the Graphmatic bag. So we both, yeah, yes. that's it's kind of a weird synchronicity there. <laughs> Now, I think we've both had problems with FP4 and Arista 100, right? Where we just kind of, we just don't quite like the look. Yes. I mean, I've I've shot with a lot of FP4 as of you and a lot of Arista. And, I mean, there's some shots I really love. And there's some shots I'm like, what happened? Like, why isn't this doing anything for me? And so I'm on the lookout for how to develop Arista 100. I'm also on the lookup how to develop FP4, but that's another story. <laughs> so yeah. while we are both doing two developers, HC110 and um, WD40 or whatever the fuck this is called, I'm also developing the same the same sheets in Rotanol and in PMK. I won't be talking much more about that since we're not both doing it. This is kind of more for my own thing, but I've got a bunch of exposed Arista sheets and I need to develop them somehow, so the winner of those developers gets to develop all of my film. I like it. I think it's a good idea. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, what's going to work the best for the way you shoot and specific situations? I think it's really fun that you can play with developer and try different techniques and different developers to create a completely different image or, you know, if a certain emulsion needs something a little bit more, kind of like what you do with ECN2, really. Well, it is. You, you compare it. I mean, it's, it's 
it's almost impossible to compare one developer to another unless you're really doing something very controlled. And we tried our best to do a controlled, I guess, experiment where we take a number of photos using the same settings of the exact same thing. What did you shoot? I know we usually talk about this well before now, but what did you shoot? I just drove down to the pier this morning. Okay. And I shot six sheets. So two with each the same exact spot and same setting. That makes a lot more sense than what I did, which <laughs> is one sheet in each. I just didn't have that many sheets. I, I ran out of Arista 100 while doing this Oh experiment. no, I'm so sorry. Well, yeah, and it's affordable. I think it was yeah. one of the first sheets I bought just because I was like, okay, like I can get a decent amount of these and kind of mess around and really kind of start to learn how to work my camera, honestly. If I fuck up a few, that's okay. <laughs> so if you're new to 4x5, then this might be something you want to look into. Oh, I also used, um, for this, I used a tank and I used my new 20th century camera and you can use them in Patterson tanks. And okay. I ended up getting one for my two and a quarter, three and a quarter. I didn't have anything to develop those little tiny sheets and they actually make one. So while I was on the site, I saw that they had um, one for four by five and it fits six sheets on it. And I really like it a lot. Are you ready to pull your negatives? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Here's something odd. I'm not really noticing that much of a stain. Really? How about you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I have my other, um, sheets hung up right next to you. So, oh yeah, I definitely see a stain. Do you? Okay. <laughs> let, me, let me put it next to, you know, I don't. Um, I can see that the, the HC 110 uh -huh. is, it's more dense. It's more dense negative. Mm -hmm. Um, I can see a little bit of staining in the shadows. It's not, it's not blotchy. It just, it just seems more prevalent in the shadows. It looks like a really nice photo with PMK. The stains are just really out there. They're really noticeable. And I, I shot it of a, uh, one of my neighbors has a, uh, ceramic chicken in a small wheelbarrow. <laughs> with some flowers around it's, it's a, I, I use this a lot because there's a lot of colors and there's um, it's some sharp contrast but it also bleeds off into kind of a, a, a darker area so that you can do gradient and it's just a really good place to test photos and so I really like and it's just a weird scene it's a chicken it in, a, in a wheelbarrow I love that scene it's my favorite so one of the things that, that separates WD 2D plus from what we used before is, is PMK, is that the staining in WD happens during the development. All of the staining happens then. It's a different kind of thing that they're doing. The color that you're getting, and it supposedly takes takes hold then. And so you can use an acid stop and you can use a rapid fix and it doesn't affect the staining at all. But, and this is incredibly unscientific, um, yours, you didn't use an acid stop, is that correct? That is correct, I did not. Well, you didn't use an acid stop, and you didn't use rapid fix, and nope. your staining is much more prevalent. Yep. Um, there's also going to be other variables, including exposure, which I don't know if it mattered too, too much with this, and maybe water quality. So this is not a controlled science experiment. Oh, <laughs> no, no. But knowing what we know about Wemberley, that might be okay? He seems mm -hmm. maybe less, less science-focused. 
than some other people and, and maybe my, myself included. And so since I'm doing some extra stuff and you're curious about what the extra stuff would be. So curious. And we, we, yeah. Um, why don't we check in with future Eric to see how the present stuff and the future stuff and, and the past stuff with the HC 110 all worked out and see what happened. Yes, let's do that. Okay, so looking at these, uh, we're comparing the same shot, shot twice, and developed in WD-2D+, and HC-110. Looking at them right now, the, the WD-2D+, loses about a stop, and the inventor of this formula says that, uh, that he shoots it at half the box speed, so if it's a 100 ISO, he shoots it at 50. And so I probably should have shot what I was shooting, the Arista edu ultra ultra edu whatever 100 i should have shot that at 50 but that said i I think i really like the darker look so maybe i should have underexposed everything else i really really like how the wd doesn't overdo the highlights and the hc 110 pick it it isn't really blown out but the highlights are more forward and obvious as for the shadows wd is more subtle though i wonder what a bit more light would do i like the wood grain in the photo and the wd better than the hc and the hc seems to be a little more messy especially around the chicken head area it's like the mids on the hc are are more middle while being a bit more contrasty i get a little lost there and the mids in the wd they're a bit more spread out and so it just seems easier to find that makes any sense uh this makes it sound like i don't like the hc but that's really not true really i love hc it's a wonderful developer i'm really impressed with how wd 2d plus it's such a mouthful it's such a cumbersome way to say it how that performed also the lack of a super visible stain didn't seem to matter or at least i'm cool with how it looks and so okay kind of going into part two of what i'm doing here while vanya is comparing wd 2d plus to hc 110 I took things a little farther, maybe too far. I do this a lot. I was doing all of this basically to see how I'm going to develop six sheets of Arista Edu Ultra 100, which is the same as Fomapan. Whichever developer I like best will have my heart. See, I, I shot six sheets a few days ago, and I wasn't really sure how I was going to develop them, and this has made my decision for me. Along with HC 110 and this WD stuff, I developed these sheets in PMK, Rotanol, and D23. What surprised me most was how much HC 110 and PMK resembled each other even though PMK has a very obvious staining. It makes me wonder if my first impressions of PMK were a bit of wishful thinking, or it could just be the emulsion here. The grain in the rotenol is always a wonderful thing. With this emulsion, it's not as pronounced as usual, but it's there. Rotenol falls basically right in the middle of WD and HC110. It's kind of the perfect combination of the two. The shadows in rotenol are more crisp, but I like the WD's shadows better. This might be due, again, to the film speed. Rotanol tends to get a little muddy in the lower ends of the mids, and WD seems to be clearer there without being all that much sharper. Lastly, there is D23. I made this myself using metal and sodium sulfate based on a formula in the film developing cookbook by Troop and Anshel. Out of them all, D23 is the least sharp. It's not really dull, I guess, but it's sort of muddy up close. In the same way that you, I guess I thought that Pyro was going to be muddy, but this is really, there's, there's, well, the grain is basically not there. It's not mushed down like Pyro is. It's more like it's missing. It's sort of strange. D23 is something we'll dig into in a future episode, but it's unique to me and, and I'm really interested in it. As for the winner, I'm worried about two things affecting my decision. First, the fact that WD2D Plus is new to me. New things are always better. Second, WD is slower. That means it's a stop darker. I like it better because of that. 
If I would have shot this sheet at 50 ISO or shot the others at 200, my opinion might be different. But as it is, I like the WD 2D plus shot best. I guess what this means is I will be developing the other sheets of Arista in WD 2D plus. And stay tuned for the results. Back to you, past Vanya and Eric. Thank you, future Eric. It was educational and enlightening as usual. I don't know. I really like that guy. Yeah. And since you, you had very consistent results... I did. Between the HC-110 and the, uh, what is it called? The WD-2D+. Not consistent, <laughs> but you had uh, predictable, I guess, results. Um, yeah. Why don't we check in to see how that all worked out with Future Vanya? Yeah, let's do that. Hi there, Future Vanya. I first want to say that this by far is my favorite dev party we've done. Experimenting with new developers has never really been something that I thought could be so interesting, but it really is. So again, I shot six frames, three different scenes, and two of each scene taken seconds apart. I had success with both developments, and the differences are very, very prevalent. Being able to compare pair those differences right after the final wash was really, really cool. You could definitely see the staining. I have scanned them into my computer and I basically just use the other profile for every single one of the scans. The first thing I noticed was that the HC-110 had stronger contrast, darker shadows, and brighter whites, while WD-2D retained way more mid-tones, texture, and sharpness. Overall, WD-2D negatives have more information throughout the entire negative without loss in the sky and the shadows. Everything that was lost in the shadows in HC-110 was spared in the WD-2D. Being able to zoom in on 4x5s is super fun, and being able to see all that detail was really, really neat. I would say that I lost about a stop in WD-2D, and I will overexpose my negatives a little bit more if I plan on using this developer again, which I probably will. I will still use HC-110, of course. It's a great developer. But I think using pyro developers have opened my eyes to a level of detail that I could achieve in some scenes. Being able to develop these negatives in a darkroom will basically be the next step for me. I think that is why I would use this type of developer to begin with. I personally think that pyro will give me an overall better negative to print with. All right, well, that's all I have to say. You guys have a good day. Bye. Oh, thank you so much, future Vanya. She's way more fun than present Vanya. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh. Well, why don't you call her to do dev party with you then? <laughs> uh, you know, the only one who could replace you is future you. <laughs> uh, well, I guess that wraps us up. Yeah, for this episode. I look forward to doing the next one where we do PMK versus WD2D plus Metal Pyro. Okay, so until then, thank you for listening. We really appreciate you. Oh, and if you know, if you heard the honking during the recording, that's on my end. There was a rather large anti-racism parade going on right outside my window. And it was pretty awesome because, you know, fuck racism. Yes. Thank you again for listening. We really appreciate you. We love you. Goodbye. Bye.